Shomrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at The Immortal Hulk, Volume 1, or Is He Both, by Al Hewing and Joe Bennett. Collecting Issues 1 to 5 of the 2018 Marvel series, and some material from Avengers number 684. That was your best one yet. <laughs> you've nailed it. It only yep. took 10 issues, but you've bloody nailed it. You bloody did it. Benjamin, one, this comic book is here in my hand. It's as floppy as all get out. It's one of the least substantial collecting issues we've done so far. There's no meat on that bone, There's Michael. very few meat on this bone. It, um, it is a mere five issues. A mere, a mere, a scrap of a book. Now, the book we reviewed last week, uh, bloody what's it called? Bloody headlopper. Headlopper. And also that, only five issues. But, but prime a, rib. A meaty tome. Yeah. This is five relatively insubstantial comics uh, thrown together am i is that is that a complaint ben am i registering a complaint here i would be i don't ever really like marvel's um graphic novel policies i think they're a bit stingy i think they like to drag out as many trade paperbacks as possible right um if someone were to break into the tiny room michael i know that i would be reaching for headlopper to defend it not the immortal hulk i would probably use the absolute authority Wait, the listeners didn't know that that was, they didn't know that was there. there. But anyway, Michael, this week we've decided that we're going to review The Immortal Hulk. Um, you and I have waxed lyrical about this comic several times. Al, you and I. Al, uh-huh. Well, see, see what, what he did there? The writer. Uh, yes, I guess that's it for me, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, we've waxed lyrical about this book on several occasions. First on of Instagram. all, some beautiful... Bloody cover art by our favourite artist, Alex Ross. Well, one of our favourite artists. Yeah. Alex Ross. Um, some amazing, amazing things. Um, a complete rebrand for the character, I suppose, in in light of... In, in a world, Michael, in a world, in a world where all the comic book characters are being rebranded to be closer to their MCU counterparts. Yes. We have this bloody book, which has gone the opposite direction, Michael. Exactly the opposite direction. Sprinted away. Yeah. I mean, if you were a fan of your Mark Ruffalo bumbling scientist big jolly green hulk uh who's there to help out and you know he's a bit angry but you know it's a good angry you're not getting that you're not getting that here ben this is a bloody this is this is horror this is a pure horror comic yeah it absolutely is i mean the hulk is a staple of marvel he's just so quintessential quintessential well i think we're going to end up talking about al ewing's own interpretation of the Hulk but why don't you get us you get the ball rolling get Ben the ball rolling. with a very simple and we'll keep it simple because everybody bloody knows but who even is the Hulk anyway well, Ben the, the Hulk is Bruce Banner Robert Bruce Banner, Banner Robert Bruce Banner if you're into really really specifics which you are Michael you're, yeah. you're a fan of a specific Bob but Bruce Banner the original thing was or the original Incredible Hulk was published it was the Incredible Hulk not the Immortal Hulk no it's the changed. Incredible Hulk was, poor, uh, was published in May 1962 so long ago. By none yes. other than the dream team of Marvel. Yeah. Stan Lee. Yeah. Jack Kirby. Yeah. Steve Ditko. Yeah. And uh, it's bloody great, Michael. All three of them. Bloody great. All three of them working together. Now, did did bloody Steve did, get a credit? Did Stan Lee do anything? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, wouldn't it be great if we had a big green guy? And Jack and Steve are going, yeah, Stan. Uh-huh. We'll do a green guy. Okay, Sam, we'll do a green. Yeah, make him green. Make him green. It's like green's a weird color. It costs money to print. Make him gray. Make him gray. Um, I like that in in my retelling of Stan Lee's early life and career, he's possibly senile. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but look, anyway, in the original, uh, very different from the the Hulk we all know and love in comic books today. 
He's uh, a real Jekyll and Hyde situation. He's a real Jekyll and Hyde situation. In fact, some would say that uh, Stanley directly ripped it off and just added a bit of atomic energy because it was the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was hip and relevant then. Um, because all of Stanley's superheroes were radioactive in some form. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and that's exactly what happened here. Um, one of the things, I suppose, that you can look at in, in the Hulk thing is it's much more of a horror comic book in its original incarnation. The, the Hulk is something to be feared. It's this beast that kind of emerges only at night. Mm. only at night much much later Michael in the Hulk that we all know and love he became the rage machine um, and he would transform whenever he was stressed or angry or upset but initially mm-hmm. the night time Michael yeah. was his time was the right time um, well that's just for us when we're not doing the podcast oh very good um, generally speaking that's what he was <laughs> he was a big scary monster that people feared and hated and he came out at night and he came out at night the night time was his time and Michael yes my succinct little summary of that character greatly influenced the writer of this new series The Immortal Hulk uh, Al Ewing has a wonderful section at the back of this little collected issue collected Al Ewing Ben surprise Englishman surprise Englishman he got us we've been we've been lauding yeah. this comic for a while and we've been like that's great to see it in American comics it's not an American comic Michael it's not an American comic at all it's well, an American it, publishing house and an American character and an American character but get fucked, Michael. It's not that at all. <laughs> what it is is a bloody British writer and a Brazilian comic book artist mm. uh, working together to make just this great little series. Um, and there's a wonderful section at the back of the book where Al Ewing describes his love of the Hulk, I suppose, his his joy of writing the character. And he talks about a, a nice little anecdote where he found uh, a collected issue of the original Hulk run. Collecting issues one to six. Collecting issues one to six of the original Hulk. Um, and on the cover he was fascinated by the design of the thing in which you have a huge question mark is he man is he monster and then right there at the bottom or is he both exactly and we can see that this is a true love story to the original Hulk um, throughout the whole series so it's very different from the Hulk we've come before because there's very little goodness in this one Um, he's he's amoral bordering on bordering on bad, bad like he'll he's he's out for people like he does yeah. he does he kills bad people yes he's the dexter of comic books he's an instrument of vengeance in some form yeah yeah he's uh he's he's out for revenge and he seems to be through through coincidence or awareness drawn to gamma related bad people you can sniff him out michael Sniffman has a has a very sensitive nose for Gamma. He has a very sensitive nose, and also there are a couple of little nods, like when Bruce Banner was half asleep coming into a town on the bus, the Hulk subconsciously noticed a flash of green Gamma light. Yeah, but Bruce didn't notice it, but the Hulk did notice it. So the Hulk kind of led him then subconsciously towards what he needed to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting to see this Hulk. Um, this Hulk is very protective of Bruce Banner. Yeah. Um, we've seen a number of different dynamics between the Hulk and Bruce Banner in the past. Um, you're a monster, stay away from me, I hate you, blah, blah. Mm. The Hulk hates Bruce Banner, this kind of thing. Yeah. And we've seen it in the, the Marvel Universe, the MCU, that they, they get on really well. They, they've kind of formed a bond. They've merged. And they've merged into Hulk. one person by the end. But this one is very much... Um, they lean very heavily into Bruce Banner's traumatic childhood in this and it would seem that the Hulk is kind of a beast that looks after Bruce Banner or gets revenge if Bruce Banner's slighted. You'll see it often 
as we go through each issue here where he'll say you hurt Banner and now I hurt you yeah um, because now the Hulk only comes out when Bruce Banner's been murdered or nighttime or nighttime but it's very rarely he usually goes off and does it himself he'll he'll kill himself to get the Hulk out faster did we see there's that in one this? scene in issue three in the diner where he slips out with a knife and the implication is, is that, that he is that what he did yeah he, he slips a knife under the table and he goes outside and the implication is that he tops himself to I let the Hulk out I did not pick up on that yeah. Ben I thought he got the knife to go and stab those baddies no no it's a really destructive um, pattern of transformation oh, that's this time. much yeah yeah and it's nothing to do with um, it's not very voluntary um, it's, it's really aggressive like it's mm. a it is a horror comic beyond anything else. Um, and it's really interesting to read that new relationship. I am absolutely in love with it, Michael. Unabashedly adore this comic. I think it's bloody great. Um, we said, Michael, because it's such a, a slender collection. It's a collection, slender dome, a slender man. We might do an issue by issue on this one. Which let's is, do an which issue is different issue. from our regular let's collection. Let's do an issue, issue by format. issue then. Okay, we'll talk about issue one then. Issue one, Ben. Let's break it down. We'll call issue one the gas station issue. I know it has a name. I think it's called the gas station. Is it? Well, I'm almost certain. You spin your wheels while I check that. Anyway, it's a moral test. Um, we feature um, and it's our reintroduction to the character so as we always know the debut issue is exceptionally important yes um, because it introduces the new tone of the comic and stuff like that um, and we come across a young I guess you call him mugger hold up artist I don't know what you call him robber robber and this robber I think issue one is called or is he both or is he both as Perfect. well as the, the collected series is Fair called enough. or is he both um, and he robs a gas station and who's in the gas station but a young 12 year old girl yeah. another, another lady the attendant and Bruce Banner Robert in Bruce the Banner. in the classic Marvel disguise of a baseball cap and a hoodie and a hoodie yeah um, and he is uh, anyway it all goes a bit sour um, this young robber gets very nervous jumps jumps the gun literally and shoots a bunch of people including Bruce Banner and then he goes back to the people who are twisting his arm to take the money and then what he doesn't realise is the night time is his time yeah because the, the Hulk, Hulk hunts him down comes back and smishes him doesn't yeah. kill him though doesn't doesn't punishes him eternally because he yeah. mentions that he has a little daughter and he says I oh do you now he doesn't kill anyone though does he not he doesn't kill any of the the biker gang either he just fractures he, them he fractures bits. them and beats them up and but I, I, it's, I specifically stated that none of them are killed weird which is a little bit odd because that you, tone shifts you think he's going to bloody eat them or something I thought he was. I thought yeah. he did. You, th- you think he's going to murderize them all, but he doesn't murderize them. He just beats them up within an inch of their lives. Just gives them an old pulpin. Ben, thank you very much for your succinct summary of that comic. You're welcome. I don't think it really expressed the horror of it, though. The horror of seeing a 12-year-old girl getting shot in the Oh, and it's in, very graphic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you asked for a summary. Yeah, so no, I know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> criticizing you. I'm just saying it doesn't tell us a lot about the horror. The mm. atmosphere, the colors, Ben. There's a color palette to this. I love color palette. It's wow. quite a dark colour palette. You saucy minx. Look at you just segue into that colour palette. Just really straight into oh, it. Oh, goodness. Go on, do you want to talk about the colours? worked up. Talk about uh, exclusively green and, and purple, Michael. There's green and purple hues throughout. Yeah, and it's, um, it's the night time. Because it's the traditional palette of this thing. The art here, Michael, initially when I picked it up um, in single issue form, didn't like the art, Michael, and it's grown on me massively. Like the Hulk. So suited something to this you, style. Something you said to me, Ben, a year ago was how he never seems to fit into the panels. Mm. He's oversized. Yeah. Um, you really understand the monstrosity of the Hulk um, in this. Because very often, depending on who draws him, he's just a big, muscly man. Yeah, he's just a big, muscly, he's, muscly he's, handsome guy. He's a, he very often has a very nice jaw. Yeah. This thing is hideous. He's like a Neanderthal or a big, something deformed. He's got a big brow. 
he's got that classic heavy Hulk bro that was in the original comics and he's all hunched over to um, fit in the panels yeah and he's always he's just trying to keep his frame tight one of the unusual things that you see in some Hulk comics is he stands very straight mm-hmm. and very erect whereas this he's much more bestial he's, he's hunched over apey. and he kind yeah. of apey would be a perfect word for it um, it's a really fascinating use of colour and nighttime hues and blood and violence. This issue one of this is Edgar Allan Poe to a T. Um, it's something akin to the Telltale Heart, where a character has done something morally wrong, and they are suffering as a result. Retribution is coming to them in some form of uh, usually guilt or anxiety or the su- a supernatural force that's ticking along. And we don't see the full Hulk until towards the end of the issue. Um, we're giving glimpses of the fact that the Hulk might be around, but it's mostly Bruce Banner being murdered and then a lot of exposition telling us that um, what's going to happen and stuff like that. But it's very, the tension is very well built, Michael, in issue one. It's interesting you've said there, Ben, about someone doing something morally wrong and then being haunted by their choice and mm. then that choice coming back to get them. Yeah. Because that is a summary of issue two. Yes, it is. Very good. Very good, Michael. Would you like to. Well, I talk about issue two. If you'd like. Issue 2, Ben, is my favourite issue. I thought it might be, Michael. It's a very good issue. Br- Brucey B. Brucey B. Robert Bob Bruce B. BBB. Triple B. Triple B. Triple B finds himself in a town. And he doesn't really know why he's in the town, but someone else knows, someone knows. why. The bloody Hulk, he knows why. He, he knows bloody why. sent him there subconsciously. Bloody subconscious shifting. And he finds in the town, Ben, that people are dying. And people are dying from some sort of grief. Grief, plague. Michael. Yeah. Plague of grief. A plague of grief. And Robert Bruce Banner realises that it all started when a high school footballer died. Fry. So he goes to the bloody, to the grave. And he, using his powers of being a gamma monster, realises realizes that there's gamma coming from the grave. So In the people, massive amounts. Massive Michael. amounts, Ben. They're not dying of grief. They're dying of romkins. What, like in the, in the TV show Chernobyl. No, they've got they've got radiation poisoning. Mm. There's the Walking Dead. Oh no! They don't realize they're dead, but they're dead. Is it Walking Ghost? Is, is it the, the Walking Ghost phase? Yeah, yeah, the Walking like Ghost. I don't know. If that's a real thing. I never looked it up. I think it is because that is a common thing about radiation poisoning that you don't know that you're. Yeah, they think they're fine. Yeah, and the hair starts to fall out, and they're like, "Oh bloody hell!" Yeah. Except in this, Ben, your hair doesn't fall out. You instead become a horrific green glowing skeleton man who lives in a cave. Yeah. So uh, this one has all kinds of things, and this is where I suppose Al Ewing starts to introduce us to Bruce Banner's difficult past other things like this because this is the story about I suppose not necessarily an abusive father but an overbearing father mm-hmm. um, someone begins to exp- oh I didn't spot that parallel yeah no there's a parallel like it's I think what I love about Al Ewing's work is here is there's a lot of seeds sown in the first couple of issues to try and really drive home the fact that you know there's a lot of dark things in Bruce Banner's past that people don't talk about. Um, and the parallel here is he has a very overbearing father. The man starts to tinker around with uh, Gamma. He starts to tinker around with Gamma um, because he's obsessed with the concept of death and dying. Mm. He doesn't want to do it. He thinks um, he's figured it out. And he feels that Gamma monsters are a great way to, to buck the curve and stay alive forever. He essentially creates a, a healing factor. Yeah. Which the Hulk famously has. Which the Hulk famously has. And that's why he starts to tinker around with it. Um, he injects himself and there's no consequences. Initially. Initially. And then he begins to experiment on his son. Yeah, not um, great. And his son is preyed upon by a supernatural force that's introduced by Al Ewing um, into the comics. And this is where we really see the shift from the Hulk traditionally being a very science creature mm-hmm. um, it's radiation it's science gone wrong etc and now there's a much more supernatural element introduced. supernatural mysticism and we're given the one below all 
um, and the green door. Although um, at this stage, it just seems like it's the ramblings of a madman. Yeah, possibly just a nut job. Overdosed. He's yeah. going, oh, the green door is opening. Get it away from me. Yeah, and he's not a big fan. Um, the son succumbs, yeah. dies, um, and then the father goes and hides himself up a mountain because he turns into a bloody phosphorus man. Yeah. He's um, he's a he's a skeleton. A radioactive skeleton. Radioactive man. skeleton. Um and uh, the Hulk tracks him down and yeah. it turns out that this real bad egg of a dude's been killing anybody who comes near the cave yeah to keep it secret to keep it a secret because he doesn't want people to find him so the Hulk uh, well he kills Banner the Hulk yeah he kills Banner and that's the mistake because Banner it. says don't touch me don't, don't get away from don't me don't get away from me you bloody bad egg and uh, pushes ah, him down a skeleton a on me gets an L snap um, and then the Hulk comes out yeah. and says off and bashes him around a little bit and then he he uh, Plucks off the old uh, arms and limbs. I kind of thought he might have eaten them. I think he might have. Yeah. The old arms and limbs. Because Gamma's no problem for the Hulk. No, he he'll, eats eat, Gamma. he'll eat your legs off you as soon as you look at you. And he buries him in the cave, Michael. Alive. At the base. Buries him alive for eternity. Because yeah. apparently he's not going to die because he has the healing factor. Yeah, not He just good. happens to emit radiation. Mm. Um, it's horrific, Michael. Very Edgar Allan Poe. Very Edgar Allan Poe, yet quote, again. Quote the Hulk, Ben. Never. I'll eat your legs. I'll eat your legs. <laughs> Uh, more um, yeah and that's issue 2 and I, I think the implication at the end of issue 2 is that the other guy is still alive in the coffin oh he comes out yeah the that's what it is yeah the radiation team like, ah, I'm alive I'm a, I'm a scary guy um, skeleton man and I'm assuming he gets experimented on at some point or something by a gamma team here or there who bloody knows um, but anyway that brings us on to issue 3 Michael Yeah, one of the best ones issue 3 is a real kooky kind of I love issue 2 look. but issue 3 is good Issue three is a pretty strong issue. We start to flesh out the one above all. Issue two is one the one. That, issue two is the one that got me though. Yeah, you were hooked. You were issue hooked. two was great. I, I love that fighting the Skellington men and putting them in the love thing. Skellington. Love I like Skellington. a one and done villain as well. You, there's nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. always nice to have an, a bow. Get a little bow, wrap it around, yeah. tie it up. There's a little horrible Skellington man up in the cave. What a dick! What are you going to do? Eat his legs? Bury him on a rocks? He's done. He's not yeah, getting he's, out of there. He's not getting out of there. Not getting out of there. He might. He ah, well, they might bring him back in another issue. Yeah. But uh, I really don't want to see another series after this. I'm done with the whole cafe. This is great. Um, but anyway, uh, issue three is a point of view issue, Michael, and we start to flesh out kind of the mythology of the one below all the green door. What does it all mean? But also, we see the Hulk from many people's different perspectives. Which is very interesting, Michael. And it's on the classic thing, Ben, of every story is told in a different art style. And for once, Michael, yeah. I'm completely okay with it. Yeah, you were fine with it. Yeah, it's great. We have a kind of 60s comics style. Yeah, James Dean esque. Oh, no, no the I original, was, sorry. Yeah. About the cop. The so, cop Silver is Age. a superhero fan. Yeah, he's a huge superhero fan. He even uses the classic nickname that. The uh, Jade Giant. The, uh, old Jade Jaws. The old Jade Jaws. Was, uh, yeah. was a big one that people had. For a long time, and he thinks the Hulk is great. Yeah, um, so he sees it as a Marvel comic from the from the Silver Age. Yeah, and then we have the little old lady. Yeah, who fell in love with the troubled young man who she thinks yeah. looks like James Dean. And it's a really romantically illustrated thing. Yeah. Um. Then we have the gas station attendant, not the gas station Bar- attendant, bartender. Yeah, the bartender, and it's just real mopey. It's just <laughs> like he looked like a serial killer. He was he was an asshole. Um. And then we have the priest. Who's going through kind of a moral crisis? Yeah, and he's got a grim and gritty. He's daredevil got a real look. grim and gritty daredevil look. That's exactly what it is. I didn't think of it that way. It's Frank Miller, nineteen eighties daredevil, mm-hmm. um, is what it is. Um, and we get to see it from different perspectives. But they they do now call back to two gamma villains that came out in the original Hulk kind of run. Go on. It was a couple. Um, I think his name is Hotshot. Is finger it? guns. Is it Hotshot? I'd call him Finger Blast. But he can, yeah, you would. And that's why we don't let you write comics, Michael. <laughs> um, but he gives now a little pew pew from yeah. his fingers with gamma radiation. And yeah. his girlfriend used to have laser vision, I think. How did she? I think that's what she had. But she's died. I think that's how she writes on the wall. 
before she dies. I think she okay, gives her a blast with the eyeballs. Good. Um, and it turns out her powers are out of control. Yeah. And it's because she's been infected by the one below all. By the green door. By the green door. Oh, she's no, seen the green door. You. And the green door is affecting all gamma users. Um, and it's causing all kinds of shenanigans. I love the art styles in this one, Ben. Yeah, I thought you might be a fan of those. There's lots of clean art. I like. I love the. I love the depiction of the Hulk as this gross monster, but in the James Dean version by Marguerite something, uh, in the James Dean version, he's supposed to be this gross monster, but he's still not. He's super he's still, handsome. Still quite handsome. Everything's all pastel and lovely, even the Hulk. And he drools occasionally. Yeah, look at him. Look at that big sexy bastard. <laughs> big sexy bastard. I love the. I love the. Uh, the sadness of the of the bartender story where Hulk doesn't even appear in it. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like this bitter, angry man. And he doesn't it's listen. Very well done. Oh, it's very good. Very well done. I, I think, you know, in terms of um, fleshing out characters and stuff, it's great. Because we start to get a little dark glimpse at just how sinister this force might be as we go along. And then because we realize that Gamma people are being affected by the green door we introduce some other gamma characters we do a little bit of retconning michael here and there a little bit of who uh, finger blast you mean uh, not on finger blast no uh, we're looking we're moving on then to issue four oh, yeah. michael where we're introduced to uh, walter langowski yeah aka langowski 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 probably who's the bloody sasquatch yeah with alpha flight um and it turns out that him and Bruce Banner were roommates at university, which I don't think was ever hinted at before. And Bruce Banner's a real dick. Bruce Banner's a real dick. He's, He's a real petty real issues. guy. Yeah. Real petty guy. But that's been played around with before, Michael. Um, Especially in the Ultimates. Yeah. And I think Walter Longowski kind of uh, gave him a lot of passes. He was like, look, he had a bad childhood. And we, again, getting a few glimpses at something going wrong. Yeah. Um, and Sasquatch is a big transformative person, again. But it turns out he got his powers through gamma experimentation on himself. One of my favorite things, Ben, is that the gamma machine that he exposes them to because in the comics of course Bruce Banner gets exposed to gamma and we see it in here Bloody boom boom in the bomb and he jumps into the trench but he gets too much but in a lot of other adaptations that's not how Bruce Banner gets the gamma exposure in the 70s TV show he's on a machine if you remember he's experimenting on himself yeah and in the beginning of the Ed Norton one he's He's experimenting on himself and they often show the machine and in this comic the machine that Langowski uses to make himself into the Sasquatch is nearly exactly identical to the machine that turns Robert Chris Banner into the Hulk in the TV series I like that I didn't notice that Michael Uh, yeah if you look at the MCU one the machine is almost exactly the same Great. I can't bloody find the page, Ben, but you... That's ah, around tr- there You somewhere. trust me. You'd bloody I trust, trust you. Of and the listeners trust you as well. He's a very Sas- trustworthy Sasqu- guy, this Michael. Sasquatch. Is that how you pronounce it? Sasquatch. Sasquatch. He has a very convoluted backstory where sometimes he's a Native American beast. Sometimes he's been possessed by a, a spirit de- of the wilderness. A demon. Sometimes he's Tanarak, I think is what it's called. Tanarak. Tanarak. Sometimes he's a bloody... There it is there, look. Uh, look at it. Sometimes he's a bloody gamma monster. So He's very confusing. Well, now he's a gamma monster, but... There's something wrong, Michael. What's wrong? His bestial side has been coming out a lot more um, and Walter Langowski is supposed to be in control. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, a monstrously evil version of himself yeah. coming out and expressing the thing. And we find out, Michael, as the issue goes on, that's because he's got a bloody passenger. He's got a bloody sneaky influence. He's got the green door. Creeping on through. The green door's come through and someone's come through the green door and taking possession of the gamma form. And it's bloody... Well, it doesn't though, does he? Because he hasn't taken possession of him yet. I think the idea is he's been knocking on the door, but when Langowski gets killed... That's it. It's the two, the two men in the bar 
inexplicably get angry at each other and have a fight. I think that's because there's a general atmosphere of, or the gammas maybe. I thought it might have been that gamma, gamma that thing coming through the yeah. green door the anger. made them anger. Langowski gets killed, and that's when this green door spirit, who we're going to spoil towards the end, but not quite yet, not quite yet, is able to take possession of Hops on in. Yeah. So then we get to see our first kind of big Gamma Monster showdown, which big is a Hulk staple. Um, and Hulk kind of uses one of the powers that was established in the, the Ed McGuinness run on Hulk, which is that he eats Gamma. He can absorb it into himself. And legs. Uh, and legs, if you're a bad egg. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sucks up all the Langowski ability, and Langowski can't turn into the Sasquatch anymore. Yeah. Um, but it turns out, Michael... What does it turn out that it is? That in, in, in sticking a straw in and having an old slurp, yeah. uh, he bloody takes in the, the interloper, the bloody yeah. bike, the passenger. Tell us who it is, man. Terrible. It's his fucking dad. It's his dad. It's his, his abusive father, it Michael. It was his dad the whole time. It was his dad the whole time. Now, um, and it's, we, we, we're kind of left on that note Yeah. in, in volume one. Um, to find out what's going to happen now bloody he's inside Bruce Banner mm-hmm. um, a lot of this is very cleverly done by Joe Bennett in that we use reflections to see who's in who's not who's I was about to say Ben there's a lot of mirrors and reflections in this whole book it's all Jungian archetypes Michael each, oh, here we go. each issue starts with an L quote yep. you didn't think you didn't think you were going to get through here a whole podcast without a Jungian archetype did you oh, it's all about go. the shadow self the mirror self your perception look there's more in this book when it comes to Jungian archetypes than we could possibly cover in the okay, last few minutes okay covered in four minutes um Anyway, uh, covered in four minutes, Ben. Young had a concept of people being in peril uh, with themselves, where they had their bad tendencies, their good impulses, these kind of things, and how those things were constantly in war. And he called it your shadow self. And if you don't reconcile with your shadow self, you're doomed because you'll just tear yourself apart. Um, Very spark notes, mega spark notes version there of all that, um, and hard to get into. But there are huge influences at work here, Michael, throughout. Mm -hmm. But like both in the artwork. And in the storytelling itself, we already said Edgar Allan Poe, but I think, Michael, you'll find with things like The One Above All and things like that, very Hellraiser, very bloody, uh, very bloody Clive Barker, very bloody, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Lovecraft. Lovecraft, Lovecraft, all beyond. It's always Lovecraft, um, isn't it, with his bloody tentacles? The One Below All is also a direct opposition to The One Above All, who's mm. God in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, kind um, of, sometimes. So it's, it's, and he seems to be bigger than Mephisto or any of the other big bads that have come out because originally Bruce Banner checks he says who is it is it Mephisto is it Tamarack is it what's you know what's what's who's causing in there? all this who's in there and I was like it's me son it's dad it's dad and it's, he goes off it's ah tits <laughs> tits um, and you see those influences so strongly um, and the art is really body horror on occasion mm. like it's disgusting on occasion I think one of my favourite things is the transformation isn't the where he just grows into a big green monster you see his body kind of morph and gnarl and rip and tear into this new creature Um, and it looks to be quite painful when it happens but he's Um, usually dead he's usually dead but it looks to be quite painful painful. when it usually happens Um, really interesting to see that Um, although a couple of times there's almost a smash transformation like someone kills Banner and then instantly it's the Hulk. Yeah, and then and we don't see any transformation. Yeah, well, I mean, drawing that every time has got to be well, a pain. Uh, but I still think that's an artistic choice, though, to go one panel, just a shot of Banner's face dead, and the next panel is the Hulk's face in exactly the same position with no transformation. Hulk's rocking up, and it's just like, uh oh, you shouldn't have brought the Hulk out so soon, you dumbass. Shouldn't have done that, eat, son. He'll eat your legs off you. He'll have a little munch, you. little munch, munch. I'll show you the panel I'm talking Go about on. specifically. Go on, you get there. Um. There's bloody skeleton. There's that. He's not a skeleton. He's just a glowing. Ah, he's oh, he a kind of becomes a skeleton later. 
Uh, you shouldn't have, shouldn't have killed Banner though. Bad move. Yeah. Bad See, look, move. he's just like very, very instantaneous there. Yeah. Just like the hands kind of go. I suppose it's to keep the tension in the story, and it's as you said, Michael, an artistic choice to kind of keep pace. Um, I think it's a really fascinating exploration of a character that. I suppose you have the Batman theory, Michael, where so many people have done so many things with the character and it's hard to figure out where he lies. Who is Batman? Who is Batman? Who is he? I think you could almost argue the same thing with the Hulk. I think you could. Ben. The Hulk over right. years and years has just become, who even is the Hulk? Like, what yeah. even is his deal? And Al Young is like, I'll tell you who the bloody I'll show Hulk you who the Hulk is. is. He's this Hulk from the original Crack six the issues. He's this bloody terrifying read. beast of a thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Michael, I just enjoyed the crap out of this comic. Yeah. It's, it's really our cup of tea, Michael. Oh, look, there he is now in the exact same position. Look at you, Michael. Do you know what you have, Michael? Oh. A wonderful visual memory. No, I just read it this morning. <laughs> know what you have, Michael. A great sense of timing. Yeah. Um, but look, ladies and gentlemen, when you were reading this comic, what did you think of it? Um, do you enjoy all these influences? Have you been following it um, with fervor? Were you a bit disappointed, as I was, that the the reporter in the book, or kind of POV character in some sense... Uh, Miss McGee. Linda McGee, or whatever her name is. Were you a bit disappointed that it turned out that she wanted to be a Hulk? That was... I mean, it was a twist, but was it wasn't my favourite bit. What I, what I really enjoyed... Yeah. What I really enjoyed was how disgusted the Hulk was by that statement. Yeah, he's like, Ugh. He sees her as such a weak person. I think, actually... Jackie McGee. Before we finish up... Before we finish up, one of my favorite things about this is we've always heard the Hulk say puny humans and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The Hulk seems to place himself morally above humans in this. He thinks he's better yeah, for than sure. human beings. Um, and he thinks human beings are incredibly weak. One of, the, one of the refrains that we have a lot is like, I can smell a liar mm-hmm. and you all lie. Like, yeah. that's the thing that he, like, he's so morally repulsed by humans that it's a really interesting concept. And yet he has his own morality because he doesn't kill the mugger who killed the little no, girl because she has bones. a family. Now, he puts him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. If he even wakes up. If he even wakes up. But he didn't kill him. And there is a moral code running there. But one of the things I... like It's kind of a fascinating review of puny humans where it's not like, I don't think you're weak. I hate you because you're weak. Like, it's a really intense new look at the character. I love it, Michael. I think it's an amazing comic book. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I did a little finish up there, but I'll come back to it now. No, hold on. Oh, um, oh, I was just going to oh, say, jumping. What, what else should people read? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, we've Because our... when, inside the first cover here, there's the classic Marvel. Uh, want to know the best way to explore the Marvel universe? This guide will show you where to ignore that. I honestly don't think you should touch any other whole no, comic if you just enjoy go this. To this. This thing is great. Um, it's a fantastic reboot. I haven't read much stuff that's similar to this in terms of a moral play. I mean, if you're into the the retribution element of it, you can have some of your Wolverine runs, some of your things Punisher. like that. Punishers where they come up and get them. But this is a different kind of thing. He really is a force of nature it's here. It's his own beast. It's his own beast. Um, and I really, really enjoy it. Read some of the old horror things that we mentioned already. Edgar Allan Poe. Should yeah. get your blood pumping here and there. Sure, tis the spooky season, Michael. About time you got your Edgar Allan Poe out anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, very well timed. We should get this yeah, for Halloween. What are we spooky, think? What are we doing? Spooky what are we doing? Um, no, well, next week is Halloween. We'll have to do a Halloween thing. We'll yeah, have to do next, a proper, next time will be a Halloween proper, full-on horror comic. Um, which means that the one that we picked to do is not going to be suitable anymore. Yeah, no, anymore. screw that. We're going to um, scrap So that. we'll announce that as soon as possible. Ladies and gentlemen, did you, have you been reading The Immortal Hulk? What do you think? What yeah. did you get, what what did you get into? Which one is your favourite cover by bloody Alex Ross? Oh, 
Is issue two the best one? Uh, is issue two the best one? Yes, it is. Have you read the whole thing? Um, will Marvel ever do a nice deluxe hardback edition of all these things put together, Probably, or do I have to yes. keep buying them in tiny, fucking useless issues like this? Ben, just a little little shout out to the listeners. If you are going to be discussing this on the Insta or on the Reddit or on the Facebook, yeah. just remember that if you're going to go, because a lot of us have read the whole uh, the entirety of this, so just be careful of the old spoiler, spoilers of people who are just reading this part. Yeah, absolutely. You know yeah, I mean? just be uh, slightly careful. Don't jump too far ahead if you've been following the series for a while. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is our tenth collecting issue, so it we're, might be eleventh. We're ten. Are we gonna? No, I think it might be eleventh. Is it eleventh? I think be, it's I'm our tenth. Sure. Well, right. it's our tenth or eleventh, but we have a few now. So if you enjoyed this one, go listen to our other ones, and yeah. more importantly, give us now a follow on Spotify. Give us now a review on Apple Podcasts, yeah. and like, share, and subscribe. We would love to boost this one a little bit more, and you'd be really helping us out if you bloody, gave us a bit of feedback. We're going to bloody try and launch this now, really, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to give this one a right push. So we may be a bit irritating on the various social medias soon. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, as always, if you have any recommendations, because sometimes we get wonderful recommendations. Recommend a bloody horror comic. Uh, recommend us a bloody horror comic. That would be great. You can get in touch with us at showmerbeug.com com s-e-o-m-r-a-b-e-a-g.com it means tiny room in Irish it means tiny room in Irish the best way and the one that we check most often though is probably our Instagram so send us now DM chuck us now DM there into our DMs or just throw a comment down below under a post or under the YouTube video that you're currently watching look there's loads of options oh it's dude we're so accessible bye